we're going to do a sound check, we can talk about one of two things. We can talk about the roiling hot shower that I just took, which was immensely pleasurable, or we can talk about something else. We can talk about the uh, all the pictures of women smoking weed that I'm looking at right now in like very sexy poses. Why are you looking at that? I don't know. How did you come across this collection of images? Uh, through my RSS feed. So on purpose. Is <laughs> well, not fucking trying to no, say. not intentionally. Um, no, I just unintentionally subscribed yeah, to these. No, it's things. it's it's just it was just one post on. Are a, you a fucking staffer for Ted Cruz? <laughs> it's just one post on a a uh, like pop culture uh, site that I follow had a, just a compilation of women smoking weed that were also very attractive and in sexy poses. I. Don't know what's wrong with that. Well, I don't know. I, I I've never gotten weed culture. Like, like it's one thing for me to say like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Make it legal. It doesn't fucking matter to me. But the other thing to just be like, God, weed controls my every fucking thing. I have to talk. I, mean, I think legalizing weed be the worst thing that could happen to people who love that shit because then they won't have anything to talk about. Well, they all. I mean, name something potheads want to talk about besides legalizing weed. EDM. EDM. Yeah. So, so we need to keep it illegal because <laughs> I can't listen to these douchebags talk about EDM anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. New York, it's the Dames I Know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Pull it away for about an hour's worth of moments because <laughs> we got a fucking professional <laughs> Probably, uh, yeah. podcast here. Yeah. We're sponsored now, aren't we? Isn't that your fucking job? Just to go find us? Yeah, money? not yet. I'm still working. I'm actually. I think I'm gonna. I need to reach out. It's the Tappan guy, dude. Um, Tappan, the Tappan guy. Tappan. Tappan. Did you listen? I haven't. I haven't listened to the podcast yet. Uh, Fifty-five one, but like they're a local company. They do like a, like a basically soccer like app. Soccer app. Best games to watch for the weekend thing. So, um, cool. they were actually the ones who reached out. So, I'm going to reach out to them and see if they'll. They want to hand us a briefcase full of cash to talk about them? Something like that. Well, yeah. We just talked about them. So, <laughs> the ball's kind of in their court right now. We did our part. <laughs> podcast soon to be brought to you by Tappin. Looking for the hottest games this weekend with the hottest weed smoking ladies? Hottest sexy, ex- hottest sexy action? Yeah. So, how was your. Uh, Oh, you were actually recording it? all that? Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, shit, the podcast okay. is recording right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's uh yeah, that's maybe privilege information. Anyways, um, uh, it's when I get the candid stuff. Ah, right? uh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so what uh I still want to talk about the shower I took, but how how's <laughs> life uh how's life been going for you? Um life is good. Um I'm trying to think last since last we spoke, which is about 8 days ago. Yeah. Uh, I 
yeah, I'm just. I found out earlier this week that I'm actually uh, now a full time exempt employee, so I'm nice. a salaried employee. Yeah, though. so the extra work you do after hours doesn't yeah, count for anything. I anymore, does yeah, I don't. I, I don't get paid for that oh, uh, that extra work. So yeah, good for you. You know, that's pretty cool, but it also gives me a lot more autonomy to uh, work from home or mm-hmm. you know. Steal away an afternoon at a bar and watch oh, Champions on, League. What are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. How about you, man? What's uh, what have you been up to this uh, this last week? Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird week. It's been a really busy week. Um, I'm the head of TFO for Dark Clouds now. That's been uh, very busy and and very yeah, officially announced and entertaining. Uh, you know, we put out a TFO at the last home game there. Um, very cool. Good is, job, by is the way. Another, thank you. Is you know is another political one. You know, for me. Um, I don't mind political ones, but um, I, I don't. I, I want them mostly to be not political, mostly because it's more interesting to me to rip on the other team or, or you know make a you know, make a pun. I don't know, but um, but but this one I think you know for in my heart was kind of a slam dunk cause. Now that said, doesn't appear to be shared among those in the Reddit community. The uh, the R MLS uh, subreddit discussion board actually had to be shut down by the mods. Because it got uh, into just ad hominem attacks and stuff like that. Based on your uh, your uh, satire article you put up on Monday? Nope, nope. This was about the TIFO. Oh, about the TIFO? This oh, was God. about the TIFO. God damn it. The conversation about the TIFO on this, the MLS subreddit had to be shut oh. down, literally shut down, because it got so nasty. Fucking Reddit, The man. discussion about my satire article, which was surprisingly popular... Uh, the only negative things really going on around that was people saying how bad it was, the, like <laughs> the, qu- the like the quality of my writing. I always feel bad about. It. I, I want to write great stuff. I want to write funny stuff. But you know what I'm up to, and, and yeah. it's 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 very first draft writing. Yeah. I, I feel Listen, bad about that sometimes. I, I I totally get it. I struggle. I have the eternal struggle. I always assign myself like three pieces, three things a week, and then I'm just yeah. like, by Friday, I'm just like, ah, you just gotta kick out content. Yeah. yeah. Like fart noise of Chicago, you know, whatever. It's tough, yeah. Um, so a lot of respect for the people who crank that stuff out for a living, <laughs> daily. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good daily, definitely. It would, help, it would help if that were my only job. Yeah, but I know. All right. If, hey, if you want to support us, you can sponsor the podcast. Sponsor by tapping. <laughs> yeah, paying my salary. Pay, pay our, pay our salaries. We'll, po- we'll podcast full time. I've no problem with that. Um, <laughs> How dark would our lives? Yeah, be we did, we did, uh, we did crush some rum hams on uh, Saturday. Yeah, we should t- we should talk about that. Um, that's a thing now. I mean, that that was actually a, a drink special at the Dubliner for the yeah. pregame watch party. Uh, no, pregame before the union match. Not even the watch. Not the watch. Not the watch party. Yeah, yeah sorry, the, just pre- the pregame. pregame before the actual game. Um, that's what a pregame is. Uh, yeah, like that's a legit thing that happened in our community, and like he was pouring them, and it <laughs> tasted like a rum has. It's it a real did. thing. It did. Yeah. I can't so fucking believe it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, full disclosure, we made it. Full disclosure, I'm the I'm the chair of the partnership committee, so <laughs> so you like, made it happen. <laughs> yeah, I basically no. Listen, I I it wasn't I t- like an organic thing. It it, it, it well it kind of was like it, you know the uh, Dubliner has been wanted to work with the Dark Clouds. We I got we got in touch. We had some communications, and you're like, oh yeah, well you know we'll do uh, the pregame here. It's right in the right in the green light. It's like it's a perfect location, right in the middle of the cities. Um, there's a, a, t- a shit ton of parking. Um, that's mm-hmm. where the next the the last two home match pregames mm-hmm. will be at the Dubliner. It's so, good location. Yeah. Um, it's a great location, um, and they're very accommodating of us. The Dark mm-hmm. Clouds have a um, if you have your Dark Clouds card, you get uh, three dollar summits anytime. That's fantastic. Any of the beer, any summit beer, anytime, and fifty cent wings. Um, so that's a really that's a really cool deal. But I literally texted uh, the guys over at the Dubliner, um, the manager and the and the uh, the GM and the assistant GM. And I was like, hey, do you guys have hams? 
by chance. Like, in, I figured they might have tall boys or whatever. And he's like, right. no. He's like, why? He's like, I can get it for you next week. I was like, he's just gonna go out and get some. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, no, it's kind of a, it's like, it's a joke drink for yeah. Philadelphia, and it's like, it's basically, it's it's hams and a shot of real rum and you know whatever. It's it's a funny joke, but not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And then he literally texted me back about uh, thirty minutes later. Like the only the text was literally a picture of a cube of hams that he <laughs> went to the liquor store and bought. And then made rum hams for us, so that That's was great. pretty and awesome. It, uh, more than zero people enjoyed them. That day, oh, there which was is what the, was surprising. There was yeah. The, oh yeah, no, it was it was like five bucks. It was like there was a, there was a mm-hmm. rum hams uh, social. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the uh, TDIKMN uh, Twitter yeah. feed. You can check out the pictures of all the people drinking. Like there was like ten of us it in happened, that picture yeah. drinking rum hams. Drinking rum hams yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't taste very good, but if you want to put some alcohol into your body in a sort of like quick, very way, quick, a great way to do it. Very know? quick. You know, I'm having so much fun talking about all this stuff that it's too bad that we have to start talking about <laughs> soccer. Can we can we just barrel through these these two? You games? want to barrel through them, or you want to just keep talking about rum hams? Maybe. Well, yeah. Let's we'll see. Let's talk about Philly, okay? So so Philly, we got all a point right. out of it. So, could be worse. Could be um, worse. That said, we gave up a real quick goal too. So, so um, describe for me in one word your reaction to the Philly game. Um, I didn't give you a chance to plan for this. Yeah, I no, I was gonna say you. I was gonna say drunk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> drunk. Excellent. I'd have to say my mine was was simply um, discouraged, not yeah. disappointed, but actively discouraged because of the individual performances I saw from guys that I really wanted to see something out of. So. Yeah. Um, best moment of the game for you? Um, you know, rewatching the game again because I was pretty drunk. Uh, rewatching the game, the uh, the Calvo um, right before the Finlay goal, like all like all the crazy shit Calvo did to keep that ball running through the the Philly back line. Um, his movement was great, um, but as I say, goddamn, if he doesn't make you nervous every single time he touches the ball in the Minnesota United half of the field, like. He's gonna turn it over, which he basically did on their first goal. So, so kind of like best moment of the game, but then also like the shittiest moment of the game it was also Cabo like like dribbling with the ball. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's one of our more consistent uh, acquisitions. You know, I, I, on the whole, I'm happy with him, but um, yeah, he's, he's got opportunity to. Uh, my best moment of the game. So that that was a fun moment, right? Yeah. You know, obviously we got a goal out of it, which is yeah. which is great. But it was also one of those sloppy kind of pinball goals. But you know, yeah. his his build up to it was nice. It was. That's um, that's that's the best moment. Not necessarily the goal, like yeah, not necessarily the pinballing, but like he kept the ball, he kept moving around and, and creating chances for himself. Yeah. I think that not, was for not me. a lot of center backs who were doing spin moves in the attacking <laughs> box. <laughs> no, so not really for him. Yeah. Um, so let me give you a different moment. Um, I I liked that spurt of like nine consecutive corner kicks that we have. I know that's a weird moment <laughs> to say, but um, we I, it was nice to see some sustained uh, pressure uh, happening there, and it was nice to see us doing something with nothing, which is what our um, balls were. And I, I said that as my best moment to lead to another thing. Uh, what was your worst moment of the game? Oh, I mean, uh, the goal to five minutes in. Like, absolutely Just cannot happen, especially not at home. How many goals have we let in in the first say? What if I draw the line at six minutes? We did we did it twice this weekend or this week. This so week, yeah, <laughs> fucking a man. Season, it's at least been... two. It's probably it's more than that because definitely ten. definitely in the, Atla- in the Atlanta game at home we let in a goal in the first mm-hmm. uh, five minutes. Yeah, I, I would. It's probably four or five games where you've given up a goal in the first. Yeah, even like say ten minutes, like te- first ten minutes of the game, like mm-hmm. just 
all you need to do, your expansion team, is just not concede mm-hmm. a fucking goal, yeah. especially at Put home. In position. Especially at home, and they've done that multiple times at home in the first ten minutes of the game. So, yeah. I feel like Surly should be should be buying us beers, you know, when that happens. But unfortunately, instead of us paying eleven dollars for the Loons branded beer at the <laughs> exactly. stadium, holy god, eleven dollars. Yeah. Um. So my worst moment of the game, there was this uh like cluster of like nine corner kicks that we took. Uh, that's definitely the worst moment of the game. <laughs> um. Sam Nicholson, I believe, took all or most of them. What the fuck? So we don't have a person on this team who can take. A He's better than Ibsen. Set piece. Oh, that is a low bar. I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's it's not a low bar. I'm he, just saying he is better than Ibsen at we, taking corners out of that, out of that and cluster, free kicks. I've, I've been exaggerating with nine. It was probably more, at least five corner kicks yeah. consecutively. Probably one of them found <laughs> a loon, and it's not because they were getting beat on headers, which were not great at winning headers either. Uh, is because it was going all over the fucking place. It, I mean, it's at the point where just just take a short corner if you got a set piece. Just take a a, a short setup set piece. That's we d- we're not going to win the header even if you put it in the right spot, and you never put it in the right spot. Yeah, I mean, at least. So I agree with you. I think. What are the other dudes looking like in practice <laughs> taking set? But we're okay. We're all terrible. Everybody, get up there and show me what you got. What are those other dudes looking like? I don't know, man. Don't fucking let you him know. Do it. You know who took uh, set pieces for Minnesota United in the previous years? Fucking uh, Venegas. Kevin Venegas. Yes. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe that's well, he was never great at it. He's never he's great at it, but at least, probably he at least put the seen. he at least put the ball on target and gave us an opportunity. But we were always that's one thing that's like this like sneakily about Minnesota United is that we've been shit at uh, set pieces and defending set pieces for yes. quite some time, and like yeah. not good and actively not good, and mm-hmm. that is that is a very disconcerting thing, bad. especially offensively bad. Exactly, especially considering like how much. Uh, in MLS is created off of like these sort of set pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, yeah, you're right. It's offensively bad. How, how bad Minnesota as, as a team has been over the course of the last, you know, shit four, three, four years yeah. of, of set piece, uh, you know, We've attacking and, and, and defending fan, yeah. and defending. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the other thing too, is like, we can't, maybe we can't defend one because we don't have someone who can actually put the fucking ball in. So we don't know how to fucking defend it. So, mm-hmm. God, I don't know. Hard to watch. Got to bring in a set piece specialist. What's your? Is, uh, I feel like, uh, dude, if we had the kind of flexibility to bring him. Pirlo, set- Pirlo might be available next year. God. <laughs> Can you imagine the team suddenly deciding that they're going to spend Pirlo money and to spend it on Pirlo? That would be such a mistake. Oh, that w- but it would be fucking epic. I would love it. Be, he's a, he's like a walking sex god. So he's, he's very he's, <laughs> he's he's a very attractive man. He's attractive in that like not conventionally attractive way. Yeah, you know? like, like he's like he's swarthy. Yeah, that's the yeah. word. Swarthy. I he's think a that's swarthy a good... Italian gentleman. Uh, swarthy Italian let's, gentleman. Let's go. Let's party. Fucking the novel <laughs> my wife was reading last night with the with the dude with the open white shirt and That's the hair. Basically, yeah, Andrea Pirlo. It was called, yeah. it was called uh, Swarthy Italian Gentleman. That was actually the name of the book. And, and Pirlo was the, on the cover, right? He probably wrote yeah. it. Yeah. It was the Pirlo or John Luigi Buffon. Like it was one of those. Pir- it was one of the one of those two that was on the cover. And Pirlo was both the open-shirted uh, Lothario, and then he was also the fucking woman with the heaving bosom that was cradled <laughs> against his hairy chest. Um, what was your most what the fuck moment of the game, other than our discussion about it right now? Um, I don't know. For me, like the fact that uh, Johan Venegas keeps getting run out. Like you see him come on the field, and you're like, "What the fuck, Adrian Heath?" So maybe it's mostly like Adrian Heath. 
decision making is my most what the fuck moment of the game, but I think we've sort of railed on that for quite some time. So. This is the, my what the fuck moment piggybacks on this. Th- this is actually the week that um, I think I joined the Heath Out movement. Yeah, um, welcome I to said, the club. Well, so, you know, for, for a long time, I'm trying to say, look, Heath has not been great, but. He, you know, he doesn't make all the personnel decisions. Uh, he, you know, he joined late in that process too, and and um, he has not had the pieces to make uh, decent plays with, even if he were a better strategist. But when I see, so, especially where Johan Venegas is concerned, he has had better options. He hasn't. He has had an opportunity to make better decisions. And one of those decisions was he chose to bring Molino off for Ibarra rather than bringing Johan Venegas off uh, against Philadelphia. Now, Molino has not played great in the number 10 position. It's okay to not be happy with Molino. But on what earth are you looking at that and saying, you know what, I'm looking at Molino, I'm looking at Johan. Molino's got to be the one to make room because I need somebody out there to give possession away on the worst fucking touch of his life. That's the kind of decision-making where you at least have better choices to make, which I tried to defend him earlier and say, these are tough choices because you got shit to work with. He's made huge mistakes there in both times running uh, Johan out and um, hasn't done any better for it. The problem, the problem with that is is that these Johan Venegas, Kevin Molino, these are the people that Heath brought in. Heath act Heath actively brought these players in um, for very specific reasons. He's mentioned mm-hmm. as much. Um, obviously, he knows Molino from Orlando. He mm-hmm. has always coveted Venegas, I believe. He's, he's said as much in, in when they made the trade for him back in the expansion draft. Um, the problem is is that Johan Venegas can do no wrong when it comes to Heath. Like, literally, he played for the 20 minutes or so he was out there. That was probably the worst game I've seen Johan Venegas play. Like so, and, and until until Wednesday, so until, spo- yeah, spoiler alert. Like we'll we'll awful. get to Venegas on on Van- the Vancouver match, and he did not. And and p- people like Abara, like where he threw him under the bus after that NYCFC game, and I didn't noticeably see Abara like dip in quality versus a regular Abara performance. The, what was weird about it is he t- he said that Ibarra wasn't uh, like he, he it was a combination of like like bad attitude and like not hustling. Yeah. What is he watching Venegas and saying, I, now that <laughs> Johan guy? There is some hustle for you. That's and that's kind of the point. That's that is the point. Is that like Venegas, Molino, the the guys, and so we, we want to say, oh, he didn't fill out the entire roster. Of course he did. The guys that he brought in, he, the only reason that he's playing Christian Ramirez or was playing Christian Ramirez at the beginning of the year is because he had no other person up top who could hit the ball and, and strike it like Ramirez. Like, as soon as Ramirez got hurt and Delati uh, started playing well, like, I, I mean, I don't know if Ramirez will actually get another fair shake again. Well, he, he got, I think he will. Well, maybe, but it, it's he's not Heath's guy. He's not one of Heath's guys, and that's a problem. It, it, clearly, Heath it seems is to a me— Heath's guy, isn't he? What's that? Heath is a Heath guy. Yeah, like exactly. Like, he's and that a clicky coach, and that is know? and that is that is that does not bode well for a team that's trying to improve. Like, like literally, we the best players on these on this team this year have been the guys who came up from the NASL: Brent Coleman, Ibsen, Ramirez. Um, I mean, Cabo obviously has been great, but like uh, like the five best players on this team, four of them are probably from the NASL. You know. So he clearly has favorites, and 
you know, whether he's willing to admit that or not, I don't think he's willing to admit that, but he clearly does, and everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. Mm-hmm. And unless, like, Manny and Amos McGee um, are, are willing to approach that with him and say, listen, you gotta, you, you can't do this. You can't just keep rolling out Yoam Negus, um, even after he, like, gets pissy about his contract and, like, sits out for a practice. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, he, all these little things that you're, you're like, why is this guy getting a run out when mm-hmm. literally Ibarra can't do any, he can't get off the fucking bench. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, again, you know, we've said this before, we're not privy to practices and things like that. So maybe Ibarra is a, is a terrible an person asshole. in practice and is an asshole. I've met Miguel Ibarra. Miguel Ibarra Unlikely. does not seem like an asshole. He's a quiet dude. Yeah. Like he seems like, he seems like a dude who works his ass off. And so maybe there's something that's going on different at train, but you know, maybe Ibarra is not the problem. Uh, maybe Heath is the problem. That's the conclusion I've come to. Yeah. <laughs> so I, also the sorry also for my Joe, rant. I'm also uh, have come to the conclusion that um, Johan Venegas has photographs of Adrian Heath nude, and that his playing time is. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he was a soccer player in the '80s. Like, there's got to he's got to have like nude, nude pics. Like, yeah, of everybody's him, doing like doing 80s. rail off some dudes, you know, Johnson or whatever. It's Johnson, so yeah. Rail. I, I'm gonna make an executive decision, and I'm gonna skip past these last couple of points. <laughs> Thank you. I think we've covered a lot. What, <laughs> what we have to say. There's nothing to say about either of these. We got another game to talk about. That's oh god. Happened, so it's a busy time. Even worse, even harder to swallow. A three to nothing loss to Vancouver. In one word, what, how would you summarize uh, the game you saw against Vancouver? Um. Can I? I'm not gonna say one word. I'm gonna say a phrase. Fine. I'll say, "Hey, Philly game, hold my beer." Oh, Christ. Yeah, right. That's we got that a point out of Philly. Pretty much sums it up. Like, yeah. hey, we think we could play even worse than that Philly match. Hold on. Hey, we weren't uh, the New England Revolution. We, we were not. So that's good. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's that's consolation. Oh, it's good. Um, so uh, best best moment of the game. This is this is tough. Best moment of our three to nothing loss to Vancouver. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Ramirez coming coming on, playing, coming back. It's good to see him back and in the fold. That is, I literally, I think, I was watching this game at the, uh, Blackstack for the watch party, and I don't remember any good other moments of the game. How about you? You were watching oh, here from the, from the confines of Lakeville. Yeah, yeah, from McGillicuddy's here uh, in my office, yeah. Um, there was a moment, probably about the 25th minute, where there was a buildup up the right side, and, and the, for a brief moment, and part of it was enabled because Minnesota played a bit of a counterattack, and so they could, uh, choosing to want to, they could break a little quickly and have a number advantage You know, in, in certain situations. I think in this moment, they, they were playing borderline tiki-taka um, up the right side there. Uh, you know, Finley... W- was showing his speed that was great uh, you know Ibsen in there with with some touches so um that build-up led to nothing which most of the night led to um but there was a moment when you saw if we play quick and direct and if the guy we're getting the best out of the guys that um you know that they can give which is not always what happens um that was the team that we saw potentially and you'll remember at the beginning of the season we were like people are down on this team we have players who can do X, Y, and Z, and it, but they haven't. Yeah. And we saw for a moment the kind of people that we thought they could become. It was a great build up there, but it ultimately came to nothing. Yeah, you know, the, the problem with that is is that um, this team should be, and you've argued for this for 
several weeks. It should be a counterattacking team. Probably. It's hard yeah. to be a counterattacking team when you have 59% of the possession. <laughs> well, part part of the reason that we have that level of possession, though, is because of, because of game states. We fall behind so much that the team concedes us that yeah. possession. It's yeah. not because we just dominated well, possession. Well, it's that, but it's also that's it's also that Heath wants it's to play that way. So it's not. Yeah, yeah it's There's not a combination. It's not an, an either or. Yeah, def- Heath definitely wants to play a possession style game, and he does not have. Uh, so I mean, again, you know don't want to argue Heath out today. We'll have, we'll save another podcast. It needs that. to be a dedicated <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But like, do you, and I just, just mirrors like what happened with, with Frank DeBoer's getting canned by crystal palace. Like he, you hire him to have, to set up a different way to play uh, the game. And, but then you don't bring in the personnel. Like, so I don't know. That's just, that's another, that, that's another, question i don't really want to address it right now so <laughs> i'm done those are those are those are big big questions <laughs> yeah what was your what was your worst moment of the game uh i the first like a goal in five minutes that sure that particular ball too like just split uh calm Joe looked bad that was a good uh th- we're talking about the long ball the first goal the first goal from that was, that was uh, a hell of a Dijon. pass and a good touch. it was it was yeah it was don't great take anything away from vancouver no 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 absolutely not like uh he split uh um Dijon from uh, formerly of Ottawa, we know him very well from playing with Ottawa. Just absolutely split Coleman and Joe. And Joe had a bad game. Uh, this what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, particularly bad game. Coleman also did not acquit himself very well for because I think he was probably at fault or partially at fault for both of the goals before he came off um, with an injury. So you know that was probably the worst moment. Just because it's like you knew then, right then, that was like, oh yeah, this game is. Mm-hmm. There's no way we're winning this game. So, had a couple of moments stand out. Uh, one was actually the Coleman injury because, um, despite the fact that we were having a bad game, um, we're worse without Coleman. Um, Greenspan can't stay healthy for a full 90 minutes. Um, you know, you think about the depth we have at defense. It's a scary proposition to have Coleman gone. Also, he moves like Lurch out there. <laughs> Greenspan does. <laughs> he does not move you very know, quickly. You know what? And I'm trying to figure out wh- whether this is some type of prejudice in me or the way I'm seeing it. But when I see Joe move, Joe moves awkwardly. Like he gets in, a, and I'm not just saying he's bad. That's not a generic comment. I'm saying the motions of his body when he goes in for a tackle, when he's dribbling, it looks like he's like a. Like a puppet that, like, he's not in control of his own. No, he's limbs. like flailing his limbs. No, yeah. so have you? So are you? Uh, are you a baseball fan at all? Sure. You yeah. watch the Twins as much as I can. You watch Byron Buxton like run around the bases. There's another dude. He, he kind of looks. He shouldn't be as fast. No, as he, he kind of looks like Byron. Like, like when you if you are, if you're a baseball fan, like go watch Byron Buxton like hit an inside the park home run or like a triple. And he's one you of s- the fastest guys in MLB. Oh, he's, in, he's, uh, he is he is the fastest guy in MLB. Like they've are, they've they, they've like clocked it but the way he runs like his arms and his like his legs are like right. out yeah. yeah no i 100 percent agree so i'm yeah I'm, I'm sure joe is 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 fast you know when he doesn't have the ball on his on his feet but <laughs> that's whatever he, slows down, man. Yeah. <laughs> he does good lord joe so uh what was your other your other you, had a, you said you had a couple well i mean honestly that first goal wasn't even one of them that first goal was deflating yeah. but it wasn't the worst moment of the game because i don't think that you know a, a, a hell of a pass and a hell of a touch and a hell of a finish yeah. tough to, to come up against. But, man, this team shut down after that. Um, another one of my worst moments is is uh, can, is, a, is an entire game by Johan Venegas considered a moment. <laughs> like, how big can a moment be? Yeah. That was 
so pitiful. I mean, the way he gives <sighs> the ball away, the the I obvious I'm not, visceral attitude. I have not gone him. back to rewatch the game yet, but I'm not 100% sure that he connected on more than 25% of his passes. One of my favorite things I heard somebody say is, look, he's trying to pass to the ref, and he still missed. Like, that's how that's how that's bad his pass was. Sounds about right, man. The, the, sounds about he's, right. He's, he's not passing. He's uh, he cannot dribble around anybody. He believes he can, but he, but he cannot. He pr- I, I watched him take a shot from the top uh, in the corner of the box that traveled a thousand seats back. I'm like, there's no world in which you should be striking the ball. Yeah. And to think ostensibly, uh, depending on how you want to call positions, he was the number ten. Can you imagine Johan Venegas playing a number ten? Yeah, no, that's maybe that's, that maybe was, on my kid's soccer team. That was his and my position. My kids are three. <laughs> that was his position. It was. In the starting lineup was as the number ten. Yeah, that he'd be throwing the fucking yeah, oranges at the kids, <laughs> and if he were in my kids' team, <laughs> he is so worthless. And I'm sorry to be. I haven't been this negative about a guy since uh, since I was about Taylor. Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine and then Taylor look what happened. He turned two. into a competent, uh, semi-competent a, a, uh, center. Uh, still center a, back. Low ba- a low bar, but <laughs> he's certainly better as a center back than. Well, I listen, maybe we back. can maybe we can uh, shame uh, John Venegas into becoming into a, good again? a competent. Uh, backup uh, number that would 10. Ass- that would assume I have to see him on the pitch again, which it would be very unfortunate. Although, I will. Listen. Oh, I will. It's fucking Adrian Heath. Uh, you're yeah. definitely going to see him on the pitch again. So yeah. don't uh, don't, hold, don't <laughs> hold your breath on that one. What was what was your most what-the-fuck moment of last night? Um, so for all of Ibarra's uh, issues with Heath or whatever, what the fuck does he have against Brandon Allen? <laughs> I've got hold on. So I want to get back to Brandon Allen, but I've come up with a theory really quick. I want to run this. Okay. You, okay? <laughs> Johan Venegas has photographs of Miguel Ibarra fucking Adrian Heath's wife. Okay. So Kay. Johan's getting time to keep those photos secret because he doesn't want to get embarrassed. And then Ibarra is out in the outs with him because he's outs. fucking his so wife. So where does Brandon Al- is Brandon Allen like sitting in the corner jerking off or something? Because. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not getting he any time. A, yeah, he <laughs> made he made an appearance in the film, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Just the f- <laughs> this team is playing three games in eight days. Um, we didn't use all of our subs on Saturday against Philly. We've we seen didn't obviously use <laughs> objectively poor performances. Objectively poor, not not yeah, not, yeah, objectively poor performances. We didn't use all of our subs again. So I mean, most of the fucking with the game is like literally we ended the, the game and we still had a, a sub to use and it. We didn't bring on Brandon Allen. Whatever you, your thoughts about Brandon Allen, or uh, why not use all three subs? You know, mm-hmm. you like. Why not see what you? Why got not see what you have? Like mm-hmm. we, this this is literally a lost season. I really hope that this that this team and Heath and the front office don't think that they're like still playoff contenders because they clearly are not. Um, why not see what you have? Like we have an option to buy Brandon Allen at the end of this loan. Right. What the fuck are we going to yeah, do if we don't actually see him on? in a game? Yeah. And I think he played one sub appearance so far. In a home yeah, game. no, it was, it was, the, it was the, uh, yeah, it was, uh, against the Mexican side Atlas. Like it wasn't even, a, he hasn't actually, uh, showed up in a MLS game yet. Like I just, I don't, I don't get the logic behind all that. And other people um, have said it a lot more eloquently than I have, uh, 55-1 specifically. But why are we making – like, why is Jose Latone coming in? I mean, if you don't want to put Brandon Allen, fine. Like, you're losing three, mm-hmm. two to nothing in, like, the 75th minute. Put on a fucking striker. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know? Like, right. put on a guy who, like, has 
known for poaching goals. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Leighton uh, ostensibly is a is a midfielder. I yeah. mean, he could be that, and you don't. Or so that I don't mind Leighton getting time, but how the, I, I, I hate to just beat the drum. How is Venegas still out there when Brandon Allen could be out there? <laughs> Brandon Allen. What are you trying to prove? I mean, I, I think it was, it's great. I mean, honestly, I think, but for Coleman getting injured, I think he's only wanted to bring in Ramirez. To sub for Delati at you know, to, like towards the end of the game, like he had no intention. I think he had no intention of of bringing in a second or third yeah. sub, but for Coleman getting injured early in the second half. This is becoming the Heath out episode. <laughs> well, not yet because we'll. I literally we can we can go hard on that an if we want. On it, yeah. Anyway, so that's I mean that's I guess ultimately my most what the fuck moment of this particular game from last night. I, yeah, right. Um, that's that's bad. I would say my most what the fuck moment was when I saw that lineup drop. I get that it's you know again it's a busy week, it's a congested week, and I get seeing your squad players. But we've beaten the drum here. We've talked about the squad players that go untapped for reasons yeah. I can't begin to imagine. When you see Jome uh, in a defense, when you see Venegas getting run out again, um, you know up front the kind of game that you're about to watch. And I, I literally know people who decided to not watch the game because they saw the lineup. Yeah. Who changed their plans to go do something else with their time and were grateful for Listen, it because they saw the lineup. <laughs> if I hadn't been at Blackstack for a committee meeting, I probably would have went home. Like my wife, been very easy to my do. wife stayed home because she was like, "It's nine o'clock game. She gets up super early for work." I probably would just like hung out at home and watched it. Like had it on. As I was doing something else at mm-hmm. home, and supposed to like going to a spot to watch it and with friends. I mean, I'm glad I was with, with friends and like a yeah, bunch of really that's cool. That's always good. You know, it was like you know, thirty people. It was awesome. It was a great atmosphere for for that you know small amount of people. But again, if I hadn't already been at the the watch party venue, I probably would have been like, eh, I could do without this tonight. We so. could talk a lot more about this. You know, we've I, I want to do the same thing I did in the last game, and I want to come plow plow onto what comes next. Um, I think, in short, we're both uh, a little bit bewildered by some of Heath's decisions, and I think that there's a gap generally in saying, what is the purpose of the rest of the season? If you're not going to practically make the playoffs, what can you get out of the season? And I think we both agree, at least understanding the talent you have and thinking forward to next year, but if you're not going to play those roles, then what are you going to learn? And they weren't making the playoffs two fucking months ago, let alone two weeks ago and whether you know they can i get that they have themselves to they, they have that. to pretend they're going to for a while yeah no you know, I, I will say and, and i will actually point out um I, there there is actually one sort of bright point from this game is that colin warner actually played fairly well that's fair we haven't and said that, that was he one did of his best games. you know he yeah colin warner actually you know stepped up and actually played his position as opposed to like wandering around the field and i don't know you know what fire and she had to line under, under his ass to get him to do that and not like just roam around the field but in the absence of Cronin um he actually complimented Ibsen fairly well so um that was what Colin I was Warner actually looked good like you know talking about like you know best player of on the Minnesota side of the pitch obviously Colin Warner's probably like the seventh best player on the pitch <laughs> Last night, but he was the best Minnesota player, and so I just want to point out because we've given Colin Horner a lot of shit on this podcast, and he actually did play a a pretty, a pretty effective and efficient game last night. What you said was he complimented Ibsen, and I think that's exactly what I would call it. He he played a position that was complimentary to him. Whereas I think of the you know um, I think about the the Sporting Kansas City game uh, that you and I went down to see, and we saw Colin Horner out there. You remember it was a fucking injury team, and it was a lot of backups there in a busy week. Um, he w- he he was up his number eight's ass the whole time, 
Like yeah. he, he was playing the same position and they, they were like clustered and um, trying to do some of the same things. He was complimentary against uh, playing against Ibsen, playing off of Ibsen, yeah. and, and he's better for he, it. He's trying to do the dirty work that, you know, like Cronin does normally. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone who can do that with Ibsen, Ibsen will, you know, Ibsen will track back and play defense. Yep. But you need someone who can stamp out stuff mm-hmm. right in front of the, the defense. And again, like I said, Colin Warner, um, I think, I thought, played probably his best game. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as a loon, as a loon uh, this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously he scored against New England, but that probably, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's he was up there playing in that. Well, yeah, because he was played <laughs> out of position. Yeah, right? he, so. he took a shot from a million yards out <laughs> in a position he never should have been in, yeah. and he happened to fucking get lucky. Yeah, so so yeah, let's 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 not forget. What? Let's you know since we shit on Colin Warner quite a lot on this he podcast, let's sing his let's sing his let's sing his praises yeah. uh, for this one game, and then let's end this stupid week. Of those stupid matches, and then talk about some other stuff. Let's talk about some other stuff. We got other United news coming up. First of all, and you've called it, and I think this is the right term for it: the little loons, the little loons, um, the U13s and the U14s of Minnesota United's academy have lit up. They fought to a so help me understand respectively who we're yeah, talking so about. They, the U13s so they U13s had a they had the same win. scores for both the games. So, so oh, for both games, the, the, the little loons. So the U, it's the U13s and U14s. That's where the the loons academy started. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're starting with the young groups, and then they're adding. Yeah, they're adding older teams as is, those the, kids get older. This right? is a, a slightly different approach than most MLS teams. Most MLS teams start with like a like a 16, 17 year old, and and then they graduate their players into like into as, as homegrown players a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota United's doing it a little differently. They're starting a little bit lower. I don't know if they're planning on just adding a U15 or if they're going to add well, that, a U15 and U16 like, next yeah. year. Um, that's not. 100% up in the air. They definitely will have a U15 next year, but like right. whether they add a U16 maybe. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is they don't want to cannibalize. Minnesota already has a pretty um, uh, rich soccer history and tradition with the with youth, youth level. Yep. So I think part of it is that they don't want to cannibalize like the Thunder Academy or Blackhawks or anything like that. But I think it's important that they probably start trying to build up some of that homegrown talent earlier rather than later. But anyways... They're playing their games up at the Nessie, up in up in Blaine. Um, uh, I think they're not actually in the, on the main field, but they're on one of the, the other fields, um, which are tangential. Uh, but it's great, and and they're actually on the road this weekend. The schedule is posted on Minnesota United's website, so if you want to get back up to Blaine and uh, do some tailgating and, and yell at thirteen and fourteen year olds, <laughs> get, get drunk on a Saturday Great morning moves, and yeah. yell at thirteen and fourteen year olds, uh, knock yourself out. That's awesome. Anyway, so both the teams they played. Uh, how it works is basically they play one team uh, on one day, both 13 and 14 year olds, different levels, and then they play a different team on the Sunday. So they played uh, on Saturday. They bo- both the teams had seven zero wins. That's huge, which is awesome. Um, and then on Sunday, both teams had two two draws. So uh, the U thirteens uh, actually came back from being down two nothing. Uh, some, the, some heart. Yeah, there. the U14s were up. They lost the lead twice. They were up. No heart. One nothing. Yeah, no heart. And then up two one. Heart. So yeah, stupid fourteen year olds. What's What's more <laughs> exciting about that than anything is that um, it's United making infrastructural choices toward the future. That's the kind of stuff we said. You know what? The first year is probably gonna suck. We didn't think yeah. it sucked this way, but we thought it wasn't gonna go well. But these are the kinds of long term things that we did expect to see, yeah. and, and it's a good start. It's cool, and you know, like they the, they wear the same almost the same jerseys as the team yeah, take and the team photos take the and team photos and this is real and they're on the they're on the website so it's great so you know if you have a weekend you're up in Blaine you want to uh, cheer on some little loons uh, I don't think they sell beer 
upstairs. So there's a liquor store that's right off of uh, 185th, I think. So not that I know where the liquor stores up in right. Blaine are. Yeah. But uh, maybe Teresa Peterson will uh, will make you a, a Bloody Mary or something. Oh, so Teresa. she lives right up there. So uh, other news. Um Ramirez is back. That's good. He's finally, Spring. finally back. Finally Hamstring recovered. Injury is one of those things that kind of like you, you, you're on the cusp of coming back for a month, mm-hmm. you know. And that was exactly what happened with Ramirez. Yeah. So good, good, yeah. good. I mean, he's our he's our star player, right? You know, at this point, he's probably the best player of the year so far. So, anyways, um, all right, uh, Calvo, uh, uh, Francisco Calvo, of course, did not make the trip to Vancouver. We missed him. Yeah, his we definitely. <laughs> he could have pulled a Tyson and just he, gone anyways. He could have. He's uh, probably a. Uh, I'm not going to say Tyson's a bad father, but Kovalev's <laughs> <laughs> a better father yeah, than Tyson. <laughs> he, uh, him, and his wife Mariana uh, had a son uh, named Gail. Um, Gael. 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 That makes a lot more sense actually than Gael. Um, Gael. So congrats to them. That's awesome. Like yeah. always. Beautiful wife. Beautiful baby. Yeah. Very cool. And if he would have been uh, half as dedicated as Tyson was, he would have been on right? the fucking pitch list. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, the other there's not been a ton of United news this week, guys. Unfortunately, uh, Ibsen, um, before the match against Vancouver, received his good behavior incentive from the league, uh, which reduced his cumulative yellow card total. He was sitting on five, and his next yellow card he would have been suspended for mm-hmm. a game, and so he's down to four now. You can get this, and you basically how it works is you get this if you have five games without a card any card yeah any card and you can get, you can get the incentive up to three times per year per the league because it's you know it's mls it's weird rules and stuff um which is good because what have we already were missing calvo um yeah i don't think he's i don't think calvo probably is gonna be in montreal but you know missing calvo ramirez is mm-hmm. just coming back cronin who know who the hell knows with cronin birch Finally made it back onto the bench too, yep, which that's, is great. That's news too. We didn't um, think about Bridget. yeah. So like losing Ibsen, if Ibsen picked up, a, had picked up a yellow card in Vancouver, <laughs> been a tough game would have been tough uh, on Saturday. So yeah. So midfield would have been what? Colin Martin, Colin Werner, Joe in the back. Yeah, I mean, hey, what's back line of why Joe can't Colin Martin get a fucking run out? <laughs> Oh, Going back, anyways, uh, maybe that's a good transition uh, to talk about uh, the match that's upcoming, uh, Montreal. I suppose. Eh? Should we do? I'm so scared to talk. Should about we this. do this? Montreal got a little. So Montreal got a little hot lately. Yeah, they started putting up some three nothing wins. Their offense really started clicking well. Who's, who's behind that that success? Who, uh, you're Who's asking good? me? Who's good? Uh-huh. Who's good on Montreal? Well, uh, uh, Ignacio Piatti like mm-hmm. went on a tear there mm-hmm. for I want to say like four or five games where he's like netting braces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, so yeah, he clearly has been a very important part of um, of Montreal. Um, they just signed uh, their homegrown striker uh, Anthony Jackson Hamill to a new contract, which is good for them. Um, but I mean, I think partly weren't they playing uh, Champions League at the beginning of the year? At the beginning, Montreal. Of, at the beginning of this year. Beginning of this year, yeah. Because I think they I feel like they started off like they started off um, a little slow. Yeah, they 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 weren't the team at the beginning. Yeah, of like, that they are right I mean, now. The, yeah. This is the team that played against Toronto FC in the uh, in the conference championship last year and and got obviously got beat by toronto and i think everybody had sort of high expectations for them 
And I feel like I, maybe I'm totally like forgetting here, but I'm pretty sure that they were playing also in the Champions League. So they they played a bunch of games that you know were not MLS games, and um, I think that actually uh, caused them to you know they had focus was obviously you know um, disjointed uh, and all stuff, that, yeah. and they're thinking about other things. And you know I think it's it's taken for them to um, get rid of all that other stuff, and like you know obviously. You know, talking about other other great players on um, Montreal, Laurent Simon is, of course, obviously like the you know big name on the defense for them, the you know Belgian defender and all that. So I don't know. It's been it's kind of been an up and down year for Montreal. I mean, obviously, as of as you mentioned, they're a lot more up now than they were um, previously. So what mm-hmm. who do you have for for them? Well, the, the the guy dishing who had a who was really great in August had had kind of a up and down year before then, but 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 suddenly turned it on in August. God, I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly. Uh, Blairim Zamale. Uh, this is this is a dude who has eight assists on the year. He's a guy who's setting up Piatti, who has 15 goals by the way. So okay, Pia- yeah. Piatti, absolutely on fire. A uh, guy we don't talk. Uh, so Anthony Jackson Hamill, you already mentioned it. Second on the team in goals. Obviously yeah. they've doubled down on him. That's great. And what's great about Montreal? I mean, if you if, if you're a Montreal fan, uh, is that they're more well rounded than than one thinks. Uh, you know, Chris Duval. Uh, yeah, playing great out of the back, and, and what's most important, he's getting a ton of minutes as well. The erstwhile loon, the first ever loon, MLS loon, Chris That's Duvall, yeah, we, whom we, we immediately we dealt for Johan Venegas. For that that wonder kid, Johan Venegas. Good Lord. So, uh, <laughs> so, but, but, but he's having he's having a complete season, more or less. It's great. They're good in the front, good in the back. Obviously, good in the middle. Um, we haven't even talked about guys like Patrice Bernier, uh, who are just great at rounding out a squad. Minnesota lacks guys who who are those round out a squad kind of guys, or or those people who would normally be the round out a squad guys are actually like our starters, like the ones that we yeah. have to lean on, you know. So um, great top to, to bottom, and and uh, Evan Bush even in goal uh, is uh, you you could do worse than Evan Bush in goal. So that's uh, true. Well rounded team. That's true. So is is there anybody who stinks? Is there a weak spot that we can kind of focus? You on? know, I don't know. We say all that about Montreal, and, and there's. Still, they're not in the playoffs right now. <laughs> if they playoffs started today, they're on they the outside looking around, in. Yeah. Um, so they are a team that will that does concede goals. Like Evan mm-hmm. Bush is a is a, a you know relatively accomplished uh, goalkeeper. Um, they do have a negative goal differential. So it literally is it's it's Piatti and it's um, uh, uh, Zimali. Yeah, Zimali. Mm-hmm. Um, who are you know providing the the goals and the assists and Jackson Hamill obviously, but other than that you know there's there's not a lot of uh, attacking um, you know firepower um, on on the team so if, you know if Minnesota can find a way to uh, and who knows what the Kalman injury um, will look like like yeah, that's going to be very and if whether Calvo is back or not if if it's if it's Boxel and Greenspan <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> In the middle of the the full, you know the the center backs for Minnesota United, it, it might get particularly uh, particularly bad for Minnesota. So there's definitely this Montreal team is you know certain right in the middle. Like in, I guess they're form two of the last you know ten matches. They're five. They've got five wins, zero draws, and five losses. So you know maybe we're too too excited about their form. Maybe maybe we're. But uh, yeah, and and over the last three six matches, they're three zero and three. Like they're you know it's a team that's 
they're middle of the pack. I mean, definitely, it's definitely you know for Minnesota, it's this is definitely a, a winnable game. Um, it's a matter of whether whether you know we can prevent that first you know five minute in goal. I think it would be interesting. So in, in a bleed in the like who stinks with the uh, sort of um, how do we play them right? I've I hinted at the suggestion that if you're not going to make the playoffs this year, then the the point of the rest of the year has to be to f- think for the future. Has to be experiment with guys, perhaps experiment tactically, uh, and, and build a foundation for the future, knowing what you're playing with. And um, I think it would be really interesting. Now I know that you've advocated for like a three man backline a lot. I think it'd be really interesting. We're on the road. Uh, we're thinking about uh, perhaps maybe we're a countering team. I think it'd be really interesting to play with a five man backline. Um, you know that you need to snuff out Piatti. There's a dude you can probably ghost with somebody for the entire game, and, yeah. and you could make worse decisions than that. Um, you you know that you've got Patrice Bernier. You know that you've got Hamels. Um, if you can snuff out those guys, you've got opportunity, and there's there's some space behind them as well. They're going to push up high. So I think it would be really interesting to go with a five-man back line. Now, with a Coleman injury, with Birch being a question mark, who are those five human souls? I don't know. Do we have five defenders? I don't know. Um, but that would have otherwise been my my strategy then. You know, put those speedy uh, uh, fullbacks. Get Joe out there. Fine. Let him do what, if he does anything well, what he does best, which is to be an overlapping fullback and become a pseudo midfielder, you know. Um, obviously, Thiessen's really good at getting uh, getting forward on the right. Give him that opportunity. And then and then you've got uh, Calvo in the center, Boxall in the center, probably Jermaine Taylor in the center then as well. Yeah. Um, you could do worse than that, and I think it takes advantage of their strength and uh, that you can probably still take advantage of their weakness by, by sending those uh, outside backs screeching forward. Do I think he's going to do that? No, it's not a possession-oriented fucking thing to do. But no, of course not. I mean, the other – I mean, what are – presuming Ramirez is, is match fit and could go 90, what about, you know, trying to um, experiment again with both Ramirez and Dunlady on the pitch together? So Ramirez more more in a false 10, um, you know, sort of sitting behind or sort of next to Dunlady. You know, in maybe you know a um, like you know a three-five-two, with you know basically that you know your ba- that your formation basically, but like having those two up top. Um, yeah, I, I I'd love to see it. Um, I I think that Dunlady played enough, played well enough, and you you've got to be thinking about his future too. You got to yeah. get the kid minutes. Yeah, I'd love to see him find a way to play alongside each other. And Venegas has been so poor. Molino can't play in the middle. What I really want is to see Molino out wide. Um, um, what the fuck is his name? Uh, um, Sam Nicholson. For, uh, no, uh, dude, I forgot to talk about Sam Nicholson. Sam Nicholson pissed me off during Philly. <laughs> okay? No, I want fin- you and West fin- Finley. I want to find oh, a way Ethan to get yeah. Molino and Finley both in relative winger positions. I suppose they'd be the three in the five-three-two or whatever. Uh, in the middle would probably be Ibsen, right? Um, and then you've got a five-man back, and then you got those two up top. It leaves a hole where there would be a defensive midfielder. Um, but if Cronin's not, if Cronin if, is dropping if, back in the center of the back five, yeah, or, he can step up to be a demon. or or if he's not healthy, and so you know, so I mean, if, if you have Cronin healthy, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it, honestly, it all depends on who is available for this match, and yeah, <coughs> stuff. So. To, it's stuff to talk about yeah. when you know is is Christian ready to start? Is Birch ready to start? Uh, Cronin probably will not be ready to start. Just how is Greenspan yeah. doing health wise? How, how, how is Coleman doing health wise? Yeah. 
Um, holy cow, there's a lot of questions, and I didn't yeah. really realize how scared I was until I said them all out loud right there. <laughs> God, yeah. This team. Yeah, so there's there's that. So um, I don't know. I think that we lose this game three to one. So <laughs> all that all that being said, yeah. I so I, I don't know if I'd say I was I was more optimistic or less optimistic with the the score that I had pitched, but um, I've got us down for a two to nothing loss. I don't think it's going to be quite as egregious as as, as you had, but uh, yeah, it's not going to be Whatever. pretty. It's yeah. not going to be pretty. Okay, so we we, we talk we talk about that game. We're both depressed. Uh, let's move on to Pixar. It didn't happen. Let's quickly recap uh, the week that was. Yeah, it was not a not a great week for either of us. So it let's wasn't. Just, let's just parallel through it. Uh, NYC FC beat Sporting Kansas City one nothing. I picked that one. Chicago Fire and the Red Bulls drew one to one. No one picked that. Uh, Toronto FC beat the San Jose Earthquakes four to zero. We both picked that because we were both smart. Like Best that. team in Concord. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, NYCFC then lost to the Portland Timbers at home. One to nothing, and nobody predicted that one because why would you? Why would you? Yeah. Uh, Orlando City SC beat DC United on the road. Weirdly, no one picked that one. Uh, they won two to one. So How could you pick Orlando? I don't know. I Yeah. That's, that's not I weird at all. That I versus DC. I think we both picked draws on that one, actually, and <laughs> Orlando ended up winning. Uh, the Revolution beat the Impact at home one to nothing. Speaking of how crazy weird the Impact season's been, um, no one predicted that one. Uh, Minnesota United and Philadelphia drew one to one. Of course, uh, Dave Martin had uh, had a draw. He had, I think he had a two two draw, but he had a draw nonetheless. I know so my team. Good on you. Um, the Dynamo lost to the Colorado Rapids uh, one to nothing. Weird um, to lose at home. Weird to lose to the Rapids. Yeah, two very weird things that nobody predicted. Uh, the Whitecaps beat Real Salt Lake three to two. I predicted that one correctly. Good on me. Uh, crew and Sporting Kansas City both uh, had a draw one to one. Dave Martin picked that one correctly. Uh, Atlanta United beat the shit out of FC Dallas, as that's what they want to do now. Um, FC Dallas. FC Dallas is, is in bad. a fucking tailspin. Bad. Uh, they won 3 nothing. We both predicted uh, Atlanta United winning. And the Galaxy went into Seattle and managed to get a point with a draw of 1-1. to And, of course, neither of us predicted that. We both won four and eight. We're not going to do the overall records. Because <laughs> they're depressing. Um, for, me. For, me, for me, they're depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very depressing for both of us, but particularly for you. Oh, so, let's talk picks, man. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Atlanta United against Orlando City. Who you got? Well, I mean, Atlanta United can't lose, and they have to score at least three goals every week. So I'm gonna say three to one, Atlanta United. Atlanta United won three to nothing against FC Dallas. They won seven to nothing against the Revs. They have a ten, a plus ten goal differential in two games. That is like. The inverse of Minnesota United. That is the literally the exact inverse. Good yeah. lord. Uh, Atlanta United three. Uh, Orlando City one. Cool. So we got Vancouver against Columbus. Who do you got? I got the Whitecaps beating the Crew two to nothing. Uh, I've got two to one actually. Vancouver actually been real good. Yeah. Uh, and they're on top of the West. Yeah. They're snuck right up there. Yep. Montreal Impact uh, MNUFC. Uh, remind us what you picked. I picked three to one. And I had a two to nothing loss for yep. Minnesota. Um, FC Dallas against uh, Seattle Sounders. Any other season, a wonderful matchup to look forward yeah. to. Dallas is in a free fall. I think they lose to Seattle at home 1-2. to two. Because they're at home, I give them a 1-1 draw. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm not fully convinced yeah. of Seattle. Although they find ways to win. Good for them. Chicago Fire and D.C. United. 
I got the fire winning two nothing over the DCs. That's exactly my score as well. And fire got a rebound from what happened, to, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Uh, sporting Kansas City against the uh, New England seven and nothing. Literally <laughs> the first team in MLS history to put no shots of any kind in a game. Revolution. Oh man, that's right. They didn't even get a shot. No shot. For uh, I was a uh, shot. Not, not only was it shocking that they didn't even get any kind of shot at all, I thought it was shocking that they're that no team had ever done that before. Yeah. Especially in MLS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, MLS has a couple of shitty performances. Yeah. Um, I was good. I originally had this as one nothing Casey one, but I forgot that the two uh, red card dudes will be suspended. Mm-hmm. I think actually it's a 3 nothing win for Sporting Kansas City. I got a Sporting uh, one nothing win. I think Sporting is going to ha- have an eye on other competitions and stuff, and they might rest a couple That's right. Of they have the Open Cup coming it's up. It's going to be yeah. fun. We should live tweet that or whatever, yeah. whatever the kids call it. Um, Colorado Rapids against New York City FCs. Uh, I got NYCFC winning two to nothing in Colorado. I got New York winning two to one in Colorado, but I mean, fuck them. Whatever. Uh, Real Salt Lake against Portland Timbros. Uh, I got a one-one draw for that one. Real Salt Lake has shown that they can put some goals in the net, and they're going to be at home at the Riot. Uh, I've got actually a two to nothing win to Port uh, to to Real Salt Lake. Okay. Uh, LA Galaxy at home hosting the Toronto FCs. Well, obviously it's Galaxy at home and Toronto's, yeah, Toronto. the, Toronto's the best team in the league, so it's two to one Toronto. Best team in Concacaf, three to one win to Toronto. Uh, San Jose Quakes against the Houston Dynamos. I got uh, Quakes winning one nothing. Dynamo on the road, uh, not a great road record this no. year. I'm gonna give this to him, two to one. Okay. Surprise me, MLS. Yeah. The New York Bread Bowls again. I haven't called them the Bread Bowls in a long time. It feels good. Yeah. New York Bread Bowls against Philadelphia Union. Uh, this is the Sunday matchup, and I have the Bread Bowls winning two to nothing over yeah. the Union. Union are still the Union. And they're gonna be on the road, uh, so it's got to be New York uh, two to nothing as well. So, you ready to indulge in your fantasy? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's you and me go out back, and then we'll come back and finish this yeah, podcast. Sounds good. All right, you put in 55 points in the old MLS fantasy. Yeah. So not, what was that about? Not the best week. It's better than my eight-point week last week. That's true. That wasn't very good. I had Davin Villa um, still in my lineup, and I guess I didn't realize how bad he was hurt. So that, that really fucked me. But on the uh, the bright side, <laughs> after 28 weeks of MLS fantasy, we are separated by two points. <laughs> Which, when we get to our Taga League in a in a in a minute, you will see how ridiculous. That's amazing. We're the same person. We're the same person. Yeah, you. Um, I put in 101 points. Yeah, you had a you had a really great week. Much which better than made eight. up made up that huge <laughs> that huge uh, uh, you know discrepancy I had uh, created. It was so. a good enough week for me to leapfrog. Yeah, I'm in 10th place. You're 11th, and we are literally separated by two points. Yeah. Uh, quick glance at the top of the league standings: Brothers Demidov. It hasn't changed. So it hasn't, hasn't changed. Brothers Demidov in first. Kringo LA in second. Costa Rica Loons here in third. So congratulations to those guys. Uh, EPL Taga, God, we do so much fantasy. I ain't got time for this shit. Man. Yeah. Uh, Zeller, you had 139 and a half points. I I won the, the draft. I won. Or, I'm I, sorry, in the perfect. In the 11. perfect eleven. I won the league uh, this week, uh, game week four. I had 100. Yeah, 139.5. Uh, you had 84.75. Um, so yeah, and I won the league this week by more than 35 points and that was with a strong week Sadio Mane scoring me negative three points when he put his boot into uh Ederson's head 
video killed the so, video star, man. So yeah, so the top three overall and the perfect eleven. It's, I'm actually on top at, with five hundred thirty-three. Well, distance, fifty. Points. Yeah, by fifty points. Uh, second place is Charles Not in Charge with four eighty-three point fifty. And uh, in third place, Cherubacious Turnbuckle, who's still not out of themselves to us. Tell us who you are. With 482.25. So who's, sad- in la- who's in last place? Sadly, Martin, 11. you are I'm in dead last. all the way in last place. Um, my wife is just one spot ahead of you, though. So you're competing with a, a with a Zoberg on every every level. Every level, every competition. <laughs> but the, the, the competition that matters is the draft league. Oh, yeah. Really building a team. So why don't we talk about that? So... Um, Raising, uh, so what the fuck are your notes saying here? You're not even talking about your own team. Yeah, no, Raising Canes. My team's, You're the Raising my, Canes? My team's na- is now called Raising Canes. Did you Canes. change that? Yes, I did. Well, I didn't even know who the fuck you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, I, I have Harry Kane on my team, and I don't have Roberto Firmino, so okay. I, I need All to change right. my team name I guess. to Raising Canes. Okay, so, so Raising Canes. So you beat the tire fire. I beat to MJ, tire MJ's fire. tire fire. Okay, 120 uh, to 107, roughly. Yep, pretty much. Um, so I beat Gangster Allardis, uh Allardyce. Yeah, I should have fucking pronounced it. <laughs> yeah, it's because uh, uh, that's the joke. Yeah, uh, ninety-six to seventy. So another convincing win overall. I am three and zero and zero. I am fucking perfect score right now. You're two and zero and one. Yep. So uh, I'm in third place. You're looking good. We're we're top of the table pretty much. I'm uh, top of the table on Charles. Points as yes, well. I think Charles not in charge actually is is second second place right now. He's also three zero and zero, but you I got you got more points than he does. Of how so. good I am. Yeah. So I'm not even playing Bundesliga because I literally ran into. What I was like, I can't do any more of this. I got. I just, I just set. Kids. The only reason I do it is because I, I literally just set calendar reminders in my, in my like work calendar. To, I like, would have to just cancel my... it because I'm like, well, I'm fucking busy. Just because you made an alarm doesn't mean I got to stop what I'm doing. Um, but my team uh, had 77 points last week in Bundesliga fantasy, which you can sign up for still and join our league. Uh, 77 points overall, or 274 overall. Um, I'm in second place in that league. Uh, my friend Nick, who you actually beat, uh, his, he's Gangster Allardyce uh, in the uh, draft league. Uh, his team, which is still a great name, I Goatza, no idea, with 280 points. My team name, Pew Pew Pulisic, uh, 274 points. And Boone Duck Liga in third place with 203 points. So Everybody's so clever with their names. You know yeah. what my fantasy name is? If we're I Taga? don't care. You don't care at all. I do not. I it's, know what your it's team David name is. David Martin has an eight-inch penis. Just, you know, that's my I, fantasy name for uh, Taga. I guess you can. I like to know, draw my jokes from real life. Make things up. No, whatever. I like uh, the. F- you know, the funniest things have a hint of truth to them. Do they? That's usually the way it works. <laughs> okay. So we got some. Uh, we got some Twitter questions and some Twitter answers here. Uh, yeah. So the first question um, from. Uh, actually, this is from my buddy Nick, who uh, you actually beat in uh, in fantasy. Uh, so will we boycott Turner and their soon-to-be-launched soccer streaming service um, when they take over uh, broadcasting European competitions, which is going to be next year, 2018, 2019? I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, kind of like NBC, the gold, NBC Gold Pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like There will be certain games that will only be available um, on the streaming service. Probably not any teams involved games involving english teams but maybe um i don't know well will you boycott turner so we can watch uh liverpool and europa next year oh, Christ. I, so i've got i've got two answers for that and they're not yeah. the answers you want first of all um i don't know if i'd call it a boycott because i'm basically at saturation for the amount of sports i can intake and the amount of television i'm willing to pay for so i'm not going to get this but um 
I don't know if I'd openly call it a boycott. Okay. There are other factors. The second thing is, are you going to boycott the World Cup? Uh, would be my question because there's just as much fucking annoying politics and uh, you know bullshit behind it. Like, so if you can't if you can't boycott a soccer event because of human rights violations, but you're gonna boycott because they make you pay fifty bucks or something to watch the matches that you want, examine your boycotting threshold. How's that for an answer? That's that's fair. Um, you're gonna boycott. What the World Cup or no no no, no. If, uh, that, that was my point like as a, on a relative scale you know, people I, just don't like being I'm personally I'm, inconvenienced. I'm not personally going to pay for whatever Turner comes up with, but I will probably still go to a bar to watch my team if my team is sure. in the European competition yeah. next year. Um, so uh, Robert asks, uh, it's at Robert underscore the underscore red. Um, as Liverpool and Minnesota United fans, is there anything but debacles to talk about? Well, we spent the <coughs> fucking last hour of our lives just we did barely not going down to the rope store. We literally did. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, this is like this is like therapy, so I don't go down to the rope store. I'm on my way yeah. home from uh, from uh, your your place, man. Yeah. So, um, so we didn't, we we didn't talk about the Reds because we didn't have time. But that was uh, you know Liverpool did Liverpool stuff in Champions League. They you know how they talk about they they snatched victory <coughs> from the jaws of defeat. Liverpool finds a way to stuff defeat into the jaws of victory. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, it's amazing. So uh, yeah. whatever, two to two draw against Sevilla. Sevilla is the toughest competition in the group, and a, and a draw against them is not the end of the world. We'll, we'll get on with and it, but honestly, it's, it's disappointing. I, and honestly, for that, not that we're gonna, this is we're not Dave's are not gonna dive into Champions League talk. If you want to do that, read my shit on their website, davesiknow.com. Um, that actually, honestly, I think was the toughest match of the group. Like exactly first exactly. match in the Champions League in se- in several years at home. Mm-hmm. Like, and it started off the worst possible way. I think I even said it in the fucking preview. I was like. Mm-hmm. If we give up a goal in the first five minutes and then like sphincters start quenching at Anfield, mm-hmm. this could be this could ex- turn out terribly. And it didn't turn and out. And it terribly. did turn out terribly. I like, mean, it was disappointing. Yeah, they should have gotten. You know, they missed the penalty. Um, there was a couple other you know shots that they had on target that you know they got. They just done a little bit more. Should have been at three points, but you know, ultimately, it's not the end of the world. They're not going to not move on because yeah. of a draw against the toughest team in yeah. the group compared to us. So yeah, so we're fine. Um, Thank you, Robert Thread, <laughs> for a, a good question. Uh, you know, we support the same teams by happenstance. Yes. So, um, so you're, you're with he, us, and we're with you. He's a good dude. Uh, Chris Lidholm uh, of uh, Chris Lidholm, Minnesota ESPN United, fame. ESPN fame. Yeah. Asked, actually, I think he asked this of me. Can I get your autograph since you were the star of the halftime feature on TV last night? Were you? Apparently. So, I, I don't know. I, I definitely saw before the game, uh, a couple, well, it was probably about a couple months ago, Jamie Watson came to the Nomad before a match and interview. I think it was before the Atlas match, actually, because he wasn't working the sideline. And, and right. there was like, he did some interviews with people from True North Elite over at Town Hall, and he came over to Nomad. And um, I was like, the. I guess the highest ranking dark cloud there. <laughs> so n- no one else or no one else want to talk the whole to him. Plane full of people crash with the leadership. Yeah, pretty there. much. Well, at least no one there wanted to talk to him, and sure. they're like, "Hey, go talk to David." And so, yeah, I got interviewed, and uh, uh, you can see, um, yeah, my my stupid mug and my stupid voice on the TVs last night. So, so in answer to Chris's question, no. 
we don't have time for that, right? You've, yeah, you're no, a very I, busy Chris, person. Chris, I, I, yeah, I'm very busy. I'm very well, uh, welling. For the know. last time, Chris, we're not gonna <laughs> make time to sign your fucking autographs. You know, and you know, and you know, I know basically that's just a backdoor way of asking to get on the podcast. Really, it's never like, gonna happen. Yeah, no. We don't do. We don't do guests. Chris. Yeah, unfortunately, Chris. Um, except for that one time we did a guest, we don't. That was a mistake. <laughs> that was a terrible mistake. Sorry, Spencer. Even when we have guests, they don't fucking show up, Luke. <laughs> yeah. That's also true. Um, but yeah, I, no, I'll give, you know, if Chris wants my autograph, I'll give him my autograph. Only though He's if fucking it's... Photoshop it onto the blank check that he has. Yeah. Only if I could, if it's like, if I can autograph like his chest though. Like I want to, and then you have to get that autograph like tattooed. So. Okay. I mean, I'll do it wherever. The deal. Yeah. I'll do it wherever. It's just you have to get a tattoo. That's the only sort of caveat. Sure, for sure. That, so I think that's fair. <laughs> that's, I think that's right? perfectly fair. Yeah. Right. Um, other questions that we have. Uh, one last one. I gotta go pull up my phone and get back over. We should, to we should pull these right from now. your phone and put them in the fucking podcast agenda. Uh, listen, I you did not ask for questions early early, so I had to like <laughs> ask late. <laughs> I'm trying to build a fucking tea phone. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Excuses, excuses. All right, Doreen uh, at Goldfish Fibers asks us, how many times can we console Arsenal fans with, oh, sweetie, it was 5-1. Just keep trying before it stops being funny. It's funny to whom? <laughs> it'll be, uh, oh, no, it'll it, be funny to me until yeah, I'm the, in the, the fucking grave. The, uh, the answer to that one is... Uh, you can do it as many times as you want because it will always be funny. <laughs> there is there is no amount of woe I will not sit and be happy to watch Arsenal fan uh, fans whatever you know the fans are almost at the point where it's almost like Liverpool fans where you can't even hate them anymore. It's just like you're just like oh come on man like you feel sorry for them and what they go through. Yeah, uh, but the team. Nothing but smiles every time anything bad happens to him. I agree. 100% agree. It's weird because, like, like, you could have, like, what's the most fucking villainous thing you could do? Like, what's the most villainous team? Just easiest to hate. What, Real? In, well, yeah, in sort of European soccer? Anywhere. Like, I can't think of a team that I hate enough that I'd be like, well. I really hate Chelsea. I, I really fucking hate Chelsea. I'll take the Chelsea beat over uh, Arsenal. Hate Arsenal. Yeah. I'll watch Chelsea win over Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, of the particularly uh, egregious fan bases, Arsenal takes the cake, like, by a mile. Like, Arsenal fans are the fucking worst. They're bad. They're worse than the – I mean, like, Liverpool fans, for the most part, are generally pretty solid people. I've, and and I've, I've run into some really shitty Spurs fans, but I've run into some really awesome Spurs fans. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met a couple of decent Arsenal fans, but most of them are just – Arseholes. Most of them are fucking assholes. Yeah. And not to say that everyone is. I don't want to paint any you know, uh, fan bases with any brushes, but I've met a lot more, like – Decent chill Spurs fans that I've met, and I like way more than I've met like decent chill Arsenal fans, and you know even even Chelsea fans like most Chelsea fans like at least over here on the state side are like you know I mean I know their their fans are pretty racist generally, but uh, <laughs> like, but still they're not Arsenal state fans. side they're they're generally pretty you know pretty chill you know cool folks, but Arsenal fans are not oh, man they're the fucking worst, and you know we don't I don't know if there's any Real or Barca supporter groups that regularly meet or you know so I've never really had a problem with any sort of Spanish fans. The uh, uh, Syria fuckboys are probably the worst, actually. I'm thinking of Mo, Mo Karazi specifically. Yeah, the Syria, like, oh, our league's so much better. We play defense. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, yeah. Stuck in the 70s. Yeah, the Syria fuckboys are actually probably the worst. They're probably worse than Arsenal fans, honestly. And fair. Fair. It's not even about being a fan of a team. And, it's and about being a Syria. Yeah, and Syria fans. But also, like, to, 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 to like, like, literally hammer home the point, uh, Karazi's also a fucking Arsenal fan. So, of course he is. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So. Uh, I want to I want to end on this thought, and then we'll close it up. Tell us tell us where they can find us. Yeah. Um, if you a- ever wanted to talk to soccer fans, 
ask them how they came to support the team that they support. There's no better way to open up a bevy of stories that are personal and uh, help you learn about a person better than to ask them, why are you a Chelsea fan? You know, because 99.9% of the time, it's not because they fucking are from Chelsea. or yeah. they, it's, it's Something else happens, something yeah. in their life that just stumbled upon them, you know? Um, and it's, a it's always a great conversation. So yeah, no, that's, I 100% agree. Like, I mean, I, you know, Anna became a Manchester City fan. My wife became a Manchester City fan because she went to school in Manchester. And, mm -hmm. like, somebody from, like, a... Some was handing out flyers about Man City, and she grabbed one. And so, like, that's a, that's a, but it's an awesome story. Like, I became like, whether I, I'll, we should tell our Liverpool story some other time. Obviously, sure. not not tonight. We're we're already getting past the time here. But um, yeah. So, or is that uh, are we pretty much wrapped up? I 100 percent agree with that statement, though. That's a really good way to engage someone in, in soccer. And it's so. always a story. Is it? Nobody yeah. ever says I threw a dart at a map and picked the team I hit. You know, it, there, there's <laughs> exactly. always a story there. Yeah. So, uh, tell the people where they can find us. All right. Obviously, uh, daysatno.com. That's all of our daily soccer fun stuff. Um, we got some good content up this week we always have good content uh rate and like all of our dumb uh podcast things on all your regular dumb podcast apps whether it's stitcher or itunes or acast or whatever uh you can always find us uh at twitter at tdikmn you can email questions to us at the days i know mn at gmail.com again i'll reiterate if someone emails me a question i will send a letter on your behalf to somebody doesn't matter who doesn't matter the content just Send us a question on, well, on the Gmails. And I want to double down and say that if you send us a message, Twitter or whatever, asking uh, about the veracity of my fantasy soccer team name, I will mail you evidence of the veracity <laughs> of my soccer team. So, so I'm just throwing that out there. Basically just offered to email porn or mail porn to all of our listeners. So that's good. You flatter me that a picture of my penis could be considered you pornography. Can, you, can, you can direct uh, those missives to at offensive underscore loons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do, not, uh, do not send dick pics to at Texas Zeller. That's me. Um, that's the I best way to introduce our I do not want to see any dick pics uh, or be solicited for dick pics. Uh, I get that enough from the sex bots that follow me on Twitter anyway. So I think that's pretty much it, man. That's awesome. All right. This is a good podcast. For a depressing week, this is all right. Yeah. We laughed. All right. We laughed. We loved. We died a little inside. That's right. All right. Rope store is closed for the night. We managed to stay occupied. Oh, yeah. Menards is closed. It's, after, it's 1030. So Menards is done. <laughs> I would love for our podcast to spawn this perception of Menards <laughs> as like the suicide store. Like, oh, there's 15 ways to electrocute yourself. They got rope coming out the ass. Listen, you know, there's uh, air pressure uh, nail guns. No shortage of ways to kill yourself. <laughs> Menards. <laughs> Safe. <laughs> oh. Kill yourself in Menards. That's cool. I think that's the name of the episode. There you go. We are the Daves. You know, this has been the Daves. I know. Thanks for listening. Land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. We can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.